What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Creature Feature. I'm your host and definitely a human, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and I like to explore the behaviors of humans and animals. It's like a couple's counseling session between humanity and nature. Today, I thought we could all use a bit of a pick-me-up, a bit of ear bleach. So we're going to talk about cuteness. Why do we love baby animals? Do baby animals love us? What are some of the cutest studies in science? What's the scientifically proven cutest age for a doggy? Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, yikes, what's it like to give birth to a baby porcupine? So, some of the cutest scientific experiments are conducted on children. All right, that sounded way more ominous than it really is. Child development studies can be incredibly adorable. Here's one of my favorites. You know how young children think that when they cover their eyes that they're suddenly invisible? Researchers wanted to see what that kid logic is. If you're blind, everyone else is blind, or if you think that covering your eyes hides the rest of you somehow. They tested three and four-year-olds, gave them goggles that were either blacked out, making them completely blind, or mirrored where they could see out, but nobody could see in. Of the 37 children, only seven could grasp the concept of being able to see out of their goggles while others couldn't see their eyes, and all but one of those seven children thought that meant they were invisible. They even think that if someone else is wearing an eye mask, that person is hidden. It seems that their sense of visibility and presence is dictated by eye contact, meaning that their sense of self and others is guided by their understanding of visual gaze. Maybe that's why Peekaboo is such a fun game. You're popping in and out of existence like some sort of dark wizard. Joining me today is Bridget Greenberg, host of the show Rough Stuff, producer, and all-around awesome gal. Thank you. I would also like to add uh, the cutest guest. The cutest guest. The cutest guest. <laughs> so that's that's why we're doing this today. Exactly. Uh, speaking of the cutest guest, uh, do you have any cute baby stories involving you? Or embarrassing? Just embarrass yourself. Um, yeah, when I was little, um, my nose is very squishy. Uh, oh. Like, I, I can bend it all the way Wait, down. Wait, can I, can you, I see? I, I'm not yeah. going to touch it. Holy crap. Yeah, my nose moves. Oh, my like, God. There's no... Like, There's no, is it missing cartilage? It's missing cartilage because when I was a baby, Whoa. I just fell on the face. Oh, and <laughs> and just didn't and didn't break my fall. Oh, I and see. I think that stunted uh, mm. 
the the bone in my nose. And it's now like I've, a bonsai nose. Yeah, and now I have a really like movable, squishy That's nose. Crazy. I almost asked if I could touch it, and then I realized that would be inappropriate. No, people do it a lot when I oh, tell them. Yeah, it does apparently feel weird. Uh, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, you don't have to do it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can you can move that nose right around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Uh, Oh, in terms of my baby stories, let me yeah. think. Um, well, my first word was cookie. Well, no, my That's first, cute. I mean, my first word was mom and dad. Right. Of course, yeah. mommy and daddy. And then cookie, because I knew where my priorities were. Yeah. Um, and I also thought that age wasn't linear. So I thought that, uh, uh, I guess as I got older, I would eventually be older than my parents. I thought that as well. Really? I thought that, not with my parents, but with my younger cousin, I was really afraid because I was the youngest. Oh, I see. And it was the first time anyone in my family was younger than me. And I was really worried that I was going to lose that status of being an older cousin finally. Right, because she'd catch up to you. She and would, get it. Yeah. Well, one time this this kid in like kindergarten was teasing me and was like, well, I'm older than you, so you have to do what I say. So I was like, well, someday I'm going to be older than you. <laughs> and she was so confused and I was so certain that that was yeah. the case. You say stuff with confidence. Carry that lesson through, <laughs> young Katie Golden. Um, so this kind of reminds me of another cute child study. Uh, there's something known as the scale error study uh, that shows that children have a pretty loose understanding of scale. So when they're presented with life-size objects like a slide or one of those little toy cars that they ride right. around in, um, then they'll play in them normally. But then the scientists present them with miniature versions of those items. So a tiny slide and a tiny toy car. And the kids will try to like get in them or sit on them uh, just like they were regular size. So here's a here's a few pictures of that happening. Oh, they look like baby giants. I know. They're, they're like, they try to sit on, on doll chairs. They try to slide down the slide. Um, so the thinking is that uh, the, in their brains, uh, there's like, you have these, the visual processing center, uh, and it has to combine spatial information with information about an object size. But with a child, they just can't. They can't yeah, do they that. Don't get those, it. those parts of the brain aren't properly communicating, uh, so they can't really integrate these. Uh, and then understand that foot can't go in tiny car. But they try. <laughs> they try real They're hard. They're gonna try. Why? Does that also equate to like normal sized objects? Like if I put a baby in a driver's seat of a car, will they try to pedal it? Yeah, probably. I would assume so. Yeah. Good thing um, they can't reach the They try to like <laughs> they try to put it's sort of like when kids will try to put on their mommy's shoes. Right. And like it's like they don't care that the shoes are big, they'll still put them on and yeah. try to walk around. And then they'll try to put on doll's shoes too and see if those fit. <laughs> yeah. Uh that makes sense. I did I did get my arm stuck in a stair banister, so oh. I feel like it's the same. <laughs> same thing. Yes. Yeah. You're totally normal, Bridget. That's normal. That's that very I, normal, Bridget. It wasn't my head. It was my arm. So. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if it was your head, though, you wouldn't have to worry about, like, trying to get out with your nose because you could squish your nose Cause down. I could, yeah, because my yeah, nose, your nose anamorphs. Is, you're yeah. like you're kind of like a cat where you can, like, smoosh right. yourself through. Yeah, I'm liquid. I'm yeah, a liquid person. Like the, like the Terminator. Yes. <laughs> Um, well, speaking of really cute scale things, uh, we're going to shift the conversation to baby loggerhead turtles. Oh, man. Little sea turtles. So uh, there's some sea turtles out there that are wearing tiny swimsuits. No freaking yeah. way. Uh, here we go. Here's a picture. Oh, uh, man. It's like a little, it's a little one-piece swimsuit. Um, it's like a little rash guard. <laughs> yes, exactly. So researchers at the University of Queensland in Australia are providing them with these uh, these swimsuits. It's like, oh, well, who are you wearing? Uh, <laughs> University of Queensland in Australia. <laughs> Swim week turtles. <laughs> so they're part of a study that aims to analyze their poobies. Oh, um, oh gross. So, so they're the, just filled with poop. Yeah. So the problem is that... Uh, researchers really want to collect the sea turtle poop, but it's hard because they poop in the ocean and then it just gets dispersed right. in the water and you can't You can't get it. that sweet, sweet turtle poop. Right, right. Uh, so they developed a special poop tube to collect the poop, uh, but the only way to attach the poop tube to the sea turtle in a non-invasive way is to uh, attach it to a total uh, onesie swimsuit. Oh. Um, and so the they uh, call the swimsuits uh, nappies, which I think is oh. Australian for diaper. Yeah, that makes um, sense. It's like, 
Well, the sea turtles. Wait, that's not really the sea turtles. Sea turtles. No, no, you're that's, going. There's, you're that's going Scottish. Irish. Let's um, yeah. <clears throat> let's, let's sea turtles. I, I am Australian. I, I am Australian. Sea turtles. Where are the? That was almost David nappy. Attenborough. <laughs> no, I can't do it. It's it's they all blend together to me. Um, so. The study is an attempt to discover the sea turtles' diets so they can find out where the turtles forage for food uh, and how to better protect the turtles from human activity. Uh, so that's a poop tube is a word that, like, the the sea turtle swimsuits gave me a lot of joy, but poop tube also gave me a... Poop tube, sea turtle swimsuits, yeah, say that... the turtles. <laughs> it sounds like something they would advertise on, like, Nickelodeon toys, like those commercials. Baby swimsuit, poop tube turtles. Poop tube. Uh, like like Teenage Mutant, like... Yeah, I'm baby, thinking... Baby swimsuit... Wait, how's the song go? Baby swimsuit... Ni- ba- Poop tube I, turtles. I feel like I'm thinking more of the DuckTales theme song. Poop tube. Poop. Ooh. Baby <laughs> turtles wearing swimsuits. Poop tube. Ooh. Uh, that's adorable. Uh. Have you ever wondered what the exact cutest age is for a dog? All of them? <laughs> well, the University of Florida was curious, and they used their grant money to good use. Uh, they found out, using science, the exact age at which dogs are at their absolute pinnacle of cuteness. Uh, they had people rate how cute various breeds of dogs were at various ages. Uh, so I want, I want to toss out some numbers for me. Give me some, give me some numbers. I'm going to go... This is hard. I kind of want to give months. I... No. Hmm. This is hard. This feels mean to the dog. Cause, a, uh, I mean, it's but this is science, Bridget. This is science. Yeah. Uh, I would say like one and a half to two. What two. unit? Unit. One and a half to two. What? Years old. Years. No. No. no I'm no, thinking no. months. The dogs are they're old and they're, useless by that yeah, point. Yeah, they've they've aged out. We're not putting old they're dogs past their prime. Right. Ten months. I'm going. Nope. Eight months. Uh, I, nope. Oh man, that's definitely not think when younger. they don't think younger. Younger, like, yeah. like four months. Nope, think younger. Is it like two days when they can't open their eyes <laughs> nope. and they're just like pink? Nope, that's their pe- peak ugliness. Yeah, yeah, they're just like <laughs> pink worm phase. So, uh, the the exact point at which the dog has been perfected is eight weeks old. Eight uh, weeks. Yes. Uh, that oh. is when they're at their absolute cutest. That so makes sense because about... that's also, isn't that the earliest you can adopt a dog? Yeah. So, yeah, they're selling them at their height. Well, that's actually, it's so like there's a, a reason, and that's a reason that's around the time you can adopt a dog. Uh, because dog moms start to kick out the puppies at eight weeks old. Oh, man, they're like Hollywood once they're, <laughs> once they're not. You're uh, cute enough. Yeah. Get out it's of here. Only, yeah, so yeah. when you get a dog, it's like a car. It's only going to depreciate value. <laughs> exactly. That's what I tell my dog every yeah. day. It's like, every day you're depreciating. Yeah. I drove you <laughs> off the lot, and uh, now... Your resale value is really bad. Yeah, it's shot. I, yeah, Oh, you wag your tail, but that's not going to increase that, your value. That's not. Gonna, that's only going to get worse. <laughs> that's going to break. You keep doing that. That's... <laughs> So uh, maybe this means that they've co-evolved with humans to be absolutely the most adorable at their most vulnerable time when they get kicked out of the den, um, which is one theory. Um, But what's also interesting to me is that eight weeks is about the time when wolf puppies leave the den and they go to what's known as the rendezvous site where uh, they hang out with other puppies and they're communally taken care of by other adult wolves. So... I almost think that maybe it's that this is a natural behavior right. to like, like now the dogs are, the pups are old enough to go out, but instead of a rendezvous site, because they're domesticated dogs, they just get adopted by humans. Yeah, where they're rendezvous. <laughs> uh, where they're like rumspringer, uh, watch out. <laughs> rumspringer. They're like chaperones, I guess. Yeah, they're uh, awkward dog prom. Wouldn't dog prom be so cute? I am throwing a dog prom. Uh <laughs> Was there a rubric to grade cuteness, or was it just purely like that one? I I think there was probably like a like a one to five, like one for the butt ugly, stupid looking dogs, right. and a five for like just prime, beautiful, yeah. perfect puppy. I wanted to know if like they if scientists have 
dialed in cuteness to like this is how big its eyes are compared to its head this is how <laughs> they, fluffy like. yeah no I mean they they have I mean part of the reason that we see things as cute as we'll talk about in a little bit is the baby schema which is the proportions of baby faces like big forehead big eyes chubby cheeks yeah I figured they must have and that like Disney Pixar got a hold of that science <laughs> because I remember specifically when watching Finding Dory and they showed little Dory yeah and she just had these huge eyes yeah. And like this tiny body thinking it, like, that's not fair. They figured something out that's going right. to get me right in the I heart. I almost felt like there was such increased activity in like the uh, part of the brain that processes cute things yeah. that like it's just like start like an aneurysm just formed. Yeah, that's I like bro. I was like, oh, Disney, this isn't fair. You, no. you really just like got to my heart right <laughs> away and it hasn't even spoken yet. And it's a little high pitched voice. Yeah. Speaking of Disney, I don't know why they haven't done a movie about sea lions. Oh, man. Right? Those are cute. They are cute. They're cute and they're so smart. They, they're adorable uh, little sea puppies. Um, and they, there's a kind of internet rumor that they roll around in the sand for sun protection. And there's these viral images of these little uh, I've sea seen lion babies. Those. Uh, and it usually comes with the caption of like, oh, this is natural sunscreen. And I was like, that's interesting. But I, I never saw any sources. So I was like, right. I'm going to I'm going to bust this right wide open. Yeah. Well, uh, I found that these rumors come from an observational study where they actually it's true. This one is this. One oh, is true. not a myth. Not a myth. Uh, so this is great news because they do like to roll around in sand. And not only that, they will actually use their little flippers and like toss sand oh, on their backs. Man. So it's e- the reality is even cuter than the internet flipping sand. says it is. Yeah, just flipping sands on their back. Uh, and they do it in hot weather. So uh, it, it does seem to be some form of either relief from the sun or sun protection. Oh, man, pigs need to figure that out to be cuter. Like mud. <laughs> <laughs> They do roll around in the mud. The, the mud, isn't that for sun protection too? Uh, it's It could be sun prote- protection. It can also be to... Um, uh, kind of get mites off of their skin and like uh, rolling around in dirt is a good way to sort of get get mites to clean yourself to clean. yeah and like dirt can be a desiccant too so it can dry out um, uh, yeah. mites and other parasites I always thought it was like pig sunscreen uh, Do- well what's interesting is hippos uh, produce their own sunscreen from their sweat glands it's like this kind of pink substance uh that's cool yeah i want that well i mean if you rub yourself against a hippo i mean first of all you'll die the hippo will <laughs> yeah, kill yeah, you yeah. but at least you won't get a sunburn yeah do sea lions get sunburns because i want to see that uh, i mean they do have fur so that offers them some protection um i would imagine that the sun can like yeah, I mean, when any yeah. animal could get a sunburn if yeah. their skin is in contact with the UV rays. I was imagine this poor little guy like That's why they're little belly. that's why they cover themselves in sands and they're like oh. little they're little churros. <laughs> they look like little uh like uh, cinnamon coated yeah. churros. Oh, they're so, so cute. They're so cute. Um I bet I know what you're wondering is oh. how are baby porcupines born? I would assume Without their spikes, mm, that's I would an assume they're theory. like little naked little piggy worms. You know? <laughs> um, well, that's an interesting thing because that's sort of how hedgehogs are born. They kind of look like the little pink mice. Right. Uh, they're they look like little gumballs, uh, and they yeah. they kind of have the starts of spikes, but they're not really there yet. Right. They're like soft. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but uh, I want you to imagine giving birth to a. 12-pound baby covered in quills. Nope. Because this is the problem posed to porcupines, nope. relatively speaking. I, I hate that. <laughs> I hate it. I hate well, it so much. Uh, so in many porcupine species, including the North American porcupine, the porcupines are already born with quills. But uh, they are soft and flexible, so they uh, don't actually pose any risk to the mother. They harden within an hour of being born. Whoa. Uh, so uh, they will quickly harden into sharp points. Uh, and which, so it's a good thing though. So they like dry. They basically yeah, exactly. like come out exactly. and they need to dry. Um, and uh, these are big babies uh, relative to the porcupine size. So um, they're about a foot in length and a pound in weight, which is the equivalent of a 140 pound human mother giving birth to a 12 pound baby. Jeez. Uh, that is horrifying. 
So they're soft and flexible. So is it like hair, essentially? Like yeah. wet hair? Like, like thick, wet like, hair? Like uh, sort of al dente pasta, I suppose. Okay. Probably yeah. super al dente. That's gross. Like extremely al dente. <laughs> uh, but uh, here's a cute thing. They're called porcupets. Porcupets. <laughs> is the term I think for I, being yeah. porcupines. I think I played that online when Porky I was a kid. <laughs> porcupets. <laughs> Um, and they're able to cuddle with their mommies because porcupine underbellies are soft and furry. And they can also flatten the quills that are on their backs um, okay. so that they prevent um, any kind of unintentional injury. Yeah, because I've seen porcupines walk around and they're not spiky. They're, I mean, they don't I, like. They're they, not, they don't, they are very furry looking. Right. A lot don't. of their quills are indeed spikes. So if you like get. Don't touch it. it. Yeah, yeah. Don't touch it because those are actually sharp. But they are modified hair, essentially. Yeah. Um. So, uh, they're also in the case of friendly fire, they do have some defense mechanisms. So one is that they instinctively know how to pull the quill out of their skin if, like, they right they, they can get shed, stabbed. Yeah. Or like if they get stabbed by someone else, just like uh, they're dancing together and they get poked and then oh, they they the, get the, tangled. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 know how to like they deflate the spine by like poking a hole in it, and then they pull out the rest of it. Because, um, like, the, the quills are uh, hollow, yeah. and so they can, like, kind of remove some of the, I guess, it, it helps them pull it out. Right, they can. That's so cool. Why can't humans, do like, control any of our <laughs> We're our the extremities? worst animal. <laughs> yeah. I want to just, like, drop a fingernail <laughs> when I need to. Um, they're also, uh, their skin contains natural antibiotics that prevent infection. Oh, so smart. Yeah, exactly. They did that. That's good for them. Yes, good for them. Um, and there's, uh, so that's um, that's true of a lot of porcupine species and like North American porcupines. But I want to talk about the prehensile-tailed porcupines who are extremely adorable and very unusual porcupines. So they live in Central and South America and they have a long, unspined prehensile tail. Uh, so... Uh, they're, I'm trying to picture this and well, what I think it means. Uh, so you'll get to see one in just a minute. Um, so the young aren't born with quills, actually. They're born with soft red hair that will eventually harden into sharp black and white quills with age. Cool. So they get like they get their stripes. Right. Yeah. Exactly. They're all born redheads. Right. They get older and go into an emo yeah. phase and just stay there. <laughs> Uh, even as adults, they're super cute. They have these big bulbous noses. Oh. Um, and their calls sound like uh, baby babbling <laughs> in a non-creepy way. Um, so I have an audio clip. Oh, my God. And uh, oh. here he is with his little basket that he's lifted up as he's oh. making these adorable noises. I was going to say, it sounds like a try-hard noise. Oh, my God. Come on, guy. <laughs> oh. Oh. So that little... <laughs> I was assuming those were try-hard noises. Yes, that was hit. That was a prehensile-tailed porcupine trying to lift a little basket. Um, <laughs> is it lifting it with its tail? No, with its little hands. With its little arms. Okay. But its tail is it is prehensile, so it yeah. can lift and use it to help climb trees. Oh, it is. It's that was such a, a cute. It looks like a fantasy creature, like a Star Wars uh, yeah. fantasy creature. It looks like, and it might be. This is going to be a deep cut reference. Um, Horden hears a who? Uh, Seth Rogen's character. In that movie, yeah, I didn't. It, uh, well, I'll but, I'll take your word for it. I didn't see. Uh, yeah, uh, n- no one did. Uh, <laughs> I watched it on cable about fifty times in uh, the eighth grade. <laughs> you can see. Oh, uh, it's got a dumb little nose. It's got a very dumb little nose. It's it's snoot is very big and bulbous. I wanna. It it looks like if you poked it, it would honk. Yeah, it looks very squishy. Um, Me and this guy, we would get along. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, I mean, your nose does not look like this, it does, but... No, but it, it, it feels like it factor. has the same quality. Yeah, it probably has the same textural quality. <laughs> I got to go live with my porcupine family. You These found guys. your family. <laughs> guys are cuties. 
So why do photos of baby animals make us happy? As we've talked about on the show before, we're hardwired to find the baby schema to be cute. Big forehead, big eyes, chubby cheeks, toddling fat bodies. The qualities that babies and young children have trigger our cuteness detection and make us want to take care of them. Studies have found that seeing something cute causes dopamine to get released in the brain. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter that functions as part of the reward system in the brain. It's one of the main motivational neurotransmitters. In fact, researchers at Hiroshima University found that looking at cute things help you concentrate better on tasks. And we can be suckered in by cuteness too. According to an article by the Daily Herald, researchers have found that people tend to see faces in the front of the car with headlights in the grill. And you can increase the markability of a car by making the features rounder and bigger, like the 1997 new Volkswagen Beetle, which was designed to look more like a baby's face. Don't worry, we'll be right back with more of that cuteness drug and load you up on dopamine as we explore some heartwarming stories of animals and humans getting along. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Humanity has been pretty bad to our fellow animals and to our planet, but once in a while we get together and actually do something pretty cool. One way is by building bridges, underpasses, and tunnels for animals to cross dangerous roads. Yeah, I mean, the dangerous roads are our bad in the first place, but creating safe paths for animals to cross can help save animal and human lives on the roadway. There are many kinds of wildlife crossings, some of which are grassy forests grown right over a bridge to make it more inviting to animals. There are specialized crossings for different animals like elephant underpasses in Kenya, monkey overpasses in Brazil, and caribou crossings in Canada. Here are some of the cutest, most unique bridges I've found. It's me. It's me. (laughs) Bridget. I'm one of them. Yes. Bridget the bridge. That's what they call me. That is what they call you. That's what I call you. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was afraid of bridges. Really? Yep. Uh, I would hide every time we go over them, and I grew up Aww. in Florida where there are a ton of them. Yeah, because you're under, it's mostly underwater, right? It's mostly underwater. I also thought all bridges were drop bridges. Oh, I see. So you thought it could just move under your feet at any given yeah, moment? Yeah, no, I, the, there's a moment in Fast and the Furious 2 where they jump over <laughs> a bridge, and I, that's my biggest fear. <laughs> but. Well, I don't think these bridges will scare you because here's Good. one there's a turtle tunnel in Japan that oh. goes under a railroad. To oh. save turtles from the railroad. Oh, my God. That's so smart. There's a penguin tunnel in New Zealand to 
Prevent penguins from crossing dangerous roads. Oh, dumb little penguins. Dumb little penguins waddling across the road. Yeah, you, uh, don't, you don't want to get in the way of them. No, you don't. I mean, the peng- I, I'm sure it's like the penguins would be unscathed, but they would. Just they would cause some. Little... The humans would not. <laughs> uh, there's a rope bridge over a freeway in Victoria, New South Wales for squirrel gliders. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> uh, squirrel gliders, uh, they're also related like to the flying squirrel. Yeah. They uh, can't actually fly. They can only glide. So if they start right. off at one side of the road and try to glide across uh, with nothing to help them across, they could just fall right on a truck. Oh, no. But that's why they got the bridge. Yay. Yeah, there, so there are tiny tunnels under roadways in New England to save spotted salamanders from grid- getting crushed on their journey to mate. Oh, <laughs> I want like, I mean, I guess an- obviously animals can communicate, but like, how'd they find out where these are? And they just had to like run back and tell everyone. Well, they they put the tunnels, I think, where they find the animals are yeah. highly trafficking the that makes sense. in like these highly trafficked areas for the animals. Although, so there's a Davis Toad Tunnel. Uh, it's it's in Davis, California. Uh, it's to save toads from getting pancaked while traveling oh. to their ancestral wetlands. They even built some like little houses just just for funsies. Uh, oh my god, it's like the frog at the toad. <laughs> but or the toad. problem was the toads were too dumb to use it, so they mm. had to use uh, lights in the tunnel to kind of like uh, give them some incentive to go into the tunnel. But then some of the lights were too hot, so they baked the toad. Oh no! <laughs> but they fixed it. I'm pretty sure we went too far. We went too far with our kindness. Literally killed them with <laughs> kindness. Um, so there's also a bee highway in Oslo, Norway, nope. uh, <laughs> but it's a route filled with flowers on rooftops for bees to survive as they travel in an urban environment. That's nice. It sounds so dangerous. No, bees it, are great. Bees are great. We, we need the bees. We do uh, need bees. As someone who's allergic to bees, <laughs> sounds like a death well, trap. Just, yeah, I mean, just don't get don't, on the bee highway yeah, then. Yeah, avoid, avoid bee highway. <laughs> Uh, there's a salmon cannon in Columbia River, eastern Washington. That's amazing. Uh, it's to preserve the salmon population uh, who get blocked by dams. So it's literally <sighs> like these tubes right. that uh, use some kind of tech- suction-y technology um, they just or launch. siphon technology yeah. to like, like you know, they go into the tube, then they launch them out the other side. I feel like I've seen this before, and I don't know if it's in a cartoon or no, like a real YouTube I've video. Se- yeah, there's real videos of this. You could, uh, I'll probably put one in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, you can also Google it if you look for a salmon cannon. It's very good. Just imagine it with sound effects of going like, a thum, 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 thum. <laughs> they make a human one of those? That sounds fun. That I would be do fun. It. I mean, water park's kind of like that. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so uh, those are... Oh, and then there's a crab bridge on Christmas Island to protect Christmas Island red crabs during their annual mass migration. Oh, my God. Um, where there are just huge amounts of uh, Christmas Island red crabs. Uh, if you've ever seen those online, they just like... they. It, it's like just... It looks like a red tide on yeah. land, but it's all crabs. It's all crabs. Crabs are mean. Don't. <laughs> have a lot of, They're a bit crabby. They're a bit crabby. <laughs> had a lot of run-ins with crabs back in Florida. I'm oh, yeah. Not a fan. I used to have a hermit crab as a pet. Yeah. Its favorite thing to do would be to crawl up into my armpit, oh. uh, pinch me in the armpit, and not let go for it. Like... <laughs> It was impossible to get it off without ripping the skin because yeah. it was just like, here I am now in your armpit. This is my place. And it would just latch on. It's like, well, this is this is it. You know, ride or die. <laughs> I'm here now. Deal with it. I don't know why it liked it so much. Like maybe it was sweaty or something and it liked, I don't know. It was humid and that was. <laughs> <laughs> it was humid. Because, yeah, I mean, that's, I had a crab that lived uh, by my locker in high school. And it had a little hole. Oh, no. But anytime I went by my locker, it would come out and like come after me. Y'all just have like crabs in your They're schools everywhere. in Florida? I mean, yeah, because our like it's you know, the the campus is outdoors. Right, I so see. So it's there's just... also 
uh, they they live in little holes. Right. Uh, so it was pretty common to fall into a crab hole. <laughs> you, I've done it. I, I'm everyone who grew up there. Fall into a sea I've, hole. <laughs> I've, I've fallen into. They're just like inland, and you'll right. be walking grass, and then your foot will get you caught. Fall, you fall into a sea hole, and that's how you get armpit crabs. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's exactly what happened. But yeah, I would have to like get my books out really quickly because this crab would come and just attack me oh, if God. I spent too long by my locker. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Bridget getting chased by crabs. Yeah, that was my high school bully was this <laughs> crab that just would not leave me alone. And I was just trying to get my books and go to class. <laughs> so here's a real cute, solid bro moment that we've had with the ad- animals. Yes. Uh, so researchers at Leiden University in the Netherlands wanted to answer the question on everyone's minds. Uh, do mice only like to run in a hamster wheel because they're bored in like cages and stuff? Yeah, no, I think about that constantly. Yeah. Uh, So to answer this question, they left hamster wheels out in nature to see what little animals would do, like if they would get on there and try it. And guess what? They did. They did. Lots of them. It's fun for them. And not just mice. Uh, So uh, the wheels were used 1,300 times over two years by mice, rats, shrews, and even frogs. Frogs. Just little frogs. I don't think frogs would need them. I feel like no. they would just jump and then like hit the side. <laughs> I, don't think I mean, they... jo- the frogs do have some control over the size of their leaps. Yeah, but, but their legs are so long. They waddle. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it would be awkward. I mean, depending on the size of the wheel. Right. That's true, Because they do have like long limbs. That like, is they true. They can control it. It does seem would. pretty awkward. Uh, but uh, a lot of these animals really loved it because they were repeat customers. (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to hang out by the wheel today? (laughs) It was like a little park for them. Right, exactly. Oh, my God, that's great. I want to put like a tiny gym, like some kind of sort of a... um, Like a muscle beach for... Right, uh, right, for for crabs. (laughs) (laughs) For crabs. For crabs and mice. (laughs) I was on a set once and there was a... We were outside and there was like a tiny little field mice just, uh, just napping in a tree and about 30 human adults uh just (laughs) stopped the work we were doing (laughs) to watch this little field mice sleep oh that is adorable it was very cute i'll never forget him well we're gonna go bigger than field mice all right let's do it so the thailand friends of the asian elephant hospital (gasps) i love elements i love elements elements i love it i love elephants and elements that's uh, the two things you need (laughs) to know about me elemental yes uh so the it's a hospital in thailand uh and they are friends to elephants and they have fitted an artificial leg for moshe an elephant who lost her front leg after stepping on a landmine oh no Dr. Jivakate, I think that's how it's pronounced. I apologize if I mispronounce it, but uh, he's an orthopedic surgeon who created a massive prosthesis that's the first of its kind that replaced nearly the entire functionality of the elephant's front leg stump. Uh, so, <laughs> leg stump. <laughs> so Dr. Jivakate, uh, who has continued to develop new prostheses for Moshe, uh, as she grows, says that she salutes him every time he comes to visit her. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that. They're so smart. And I was wondering, uh, so we clearly can feel empathy for elephants, although we do mistreat them sometimes. But, yeah. you know, then there's wonderful humans like the Thailand Friends for the Asian Elephant Hospital. Uh, I was wondering if it's uh, mutual, like if elephants can feel empathy for humans. Uh because they show great empathy towards each other. Yeah. Uh, they... I think I know this fact. <laughs> I, th- I think I've heard this one. Yes. So they show great social and emotional intelligence. They often rescue their young from water and ditches. Um, and anecdotally, there's some evidence that this empathy can extend to humans. So there's a story of a young elephant in Thailand who was, uh, she was friends with a human because she was in uh, one of the elephant sanctuaries there. Um, and so he was part of the Save the Elephant Foundation, and he was just like playing around in a river with the elephant, and he was fine. He was swimming. He was fine, and he was kind of like yelling out to the elephant because it's his buddy, but she thought he was drowning, so uh, she ran over, just like charged through the water, stood over him, (laughs) and uh, hoisted him out of the water with her trunk. Uh, How terrifying of a moment, like as sweet as that is. I know, because that could go extremely wrong. (laughs) 
Um, but they are, I mean, for being such huge animals, they can be surprisingly gentle and delicate. Yeah. Uh, there's another story of a bull elephant, which is not a cute baby elephant like in the previous story, but a huge tusked bull elephant um, who crashed into a home of a couple living in West Bengal, India, and they claimed that the elephant just smashed in a wall in their home. Uh, and it, it occasionally happens that elephant will break into residences because they're looking for food. And I mean, the elephants, were, I mean, that's where they wrong. live. Yeah, they're not wrong. There's probably um, food there. And uh, the couple was very concerned because they had a baby and, yeah. in the crib and the wall was falling in above the baby. Yeah. And the elephant, you know, was just rampaging through the house. And then it stopped when the baby started crying and it went over to the baby and started lifting rubble off of the baby. And uh, so the couple took the baby to the hospital and it had some superficial injuries, but it, it was, the baby was fine. Uh, but the elephant like was like, oh, whoops, my oh. bad. Oh, there's Rem- a baby here. <laughs> whoops, I uh, almost crushed a baby. Ah, yikes. <laughs> and yeah, then, that, uh, that feels like if I'm stoned in public and I see a <laughs> child and I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> I definitely like... Sometimes I'm walking my dog and I like trip over her because she's yeah. kind of uh, her movements are unpredictable. <laughs> yes, and she kind of darts. She's a little dog, so she yeah. like darts in and out and makes like strange movements, and so sometimes just stops like right yeah. under my feet, and I trip over it, and I feel like this like huge clumsy yeah. elephant. <laughs> Uh, and then I'm like, I feel like someone's going to watch me and think I'm just like kicking my dog for no reason. Um, and I'm just like falling over, yeah. like trying not to hurt the dog. I know. I've, <laughs> I've made some crazy moves, right. uh, like ninja moves to avoid stepping on a dog. Right, right. Like you're like, you're like, well, I don't need to protect my head. I need to protect the <laughs> dog. dog ba- yeah. I also love that baby elephants need to learn how to drink with their trunks. So when they're little, they just stick <laughs> right. their whole face they in the just, water? They just do whatever they can. <laughs> yeah, they just stick their whole face in the water. <laughs> they also need help crossing rivers and stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, I, that's what's so cute about the baby elephant helping the human. It's like, oh, I know what to do here. <laughs> I got you, buddy. <laughs> just stomping over and the guy's like, oh, crap. <laughs> I, yeah, that's horrifying but adorable. I got you, buddy. <laughs> this huge thing running towards you. <laughs> Can animals help us become better people? Well, duh! When it comes to empathy, certain preferences towards animals can predict higher empathy in tests. A psychology study at the University of Windsor, Ontario, found that the preferred pets of children can predict higher empathy scores. The kids with the highest empathy scores tended to prefer having a pet, drumroll please, birds! What? (laughs) Yes. What? Uh, Also horses, but we don't care about the dumb horses. (laughs) I finally feel vindicated. Being pro-bird means you're just a better person. Whoa. Imagine the empathy of kids who want Pegasus as a pet. That's like the ultimate empathetic kid. Oh, those kids are, they're not going to be able to move. (laughs) They're just going to care too much. Uh, But not to worry, dog and cat owners, Uh, not only can animals help kids be kinder, but healthier too. Pediatrician researchers at Kyopio University Hospital in Finland found that babies who grew up with cats or dogs, but especially dogs, were less likely to get sick than pet-free homes and had lower risks of allergies. Though the cause of the correlation has not been verified, they theorize that exposure to pet microbes helped boost the immune system. The effects were profound. Babies with a dog in the family were 44% less likely to develop an ear infection. Maybe dog saliva should be bottled up and sold as medicine? I'll uh, be right back. I gotta run to the patent office. (laughs) Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. 
Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Okay, guys, so there's a study published in a journal called Advances in Effective and Pleasurable Design by researchers at the Shibora Institute of Technology in Tokyo. The title of the study is, quote, Evaluation of Kawaii Feelings Caused by Stuffed Animals to Reduce Stress. This study may be the most serious technical study about cuteness that I've ever read. Here's a choice quote from it, quote, we have focused our attention on the effective value of kawaii as an additional value of industrial products and have been conducting research to analyze their physical attributes systematically. Essentially, they hooked up a participant to an ECG sensor and measured their heart rate while they looked at or touched a stuffed animal. The paper includes images of the stuffed toys that were brought in by the participant, including a green kitty with big ears and a little bunny holding a heart. They found that heart rate decreased when looking at the stuffed animals and increased when touching them, possibly meaning there's an interesting interaction between being calmed by cute things and feeling excited at petting and booping them. <laughs> Can you get cardio just by looking at squeezing a stuffed animal? Probably not, but I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. If you'd like to give your heart a bit of a rest, here are some of the most adorable animals that you may not have heard of that you're definitely going to want to look up images of. Don't worry, I've put the links to all these animals in the show notes. So, Bridget. I can't wait. Uh, have you heard of quackas? Oh, yeah. Okay. I spend the majority of my time on the internet looking up <laughs> cute animals. So yeah, those are the the selfie-taking yes. animals yes. Yeah, in Australia. Yes, yes, yes. These oh, guys. These teddy bears. Just oh for funsies, god. I got a couple images here. Oh, my God. They're so freaking cute. They they're... look like, yes, they look like a teddy bear mixed with a kangaroo mixed with, like, a mouse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're t and they're super friendly. Yeah, they're about the size of a house cat. Uh, they are marsupials. Uh, they're found on islands off the coast of Western Australia, including the famous Rotnest Island, which it's called Rotnest from the Dutch rat nest, uh, because early explorers mistook them for giant rats. Which well, I don't see the resemblance personally. They're dumb and have no souls if they <laughs> think these guys are rats. They just look like friendly little teddies. Uh, Bridget serving some uh, hot shade on yeah. the Dutch, yeah. early Dutch explorers. <laughs> early, uh, yeah, hot take. Not um, great people. Yeah. Uh, so they have pouches like kangaroos, and their young are called joeys, uh, and they're super slutty. <laughs> uh, they're nice. very promiscuous. Uh, so the islands on which they live are mostly free of predators, so they're remarkably unafraid of humans, and they're very friendly. Amazing. So... They will walk up to you uh, and let you take pictures with them, and they're super friendly and unafraid, but that does not mean you should touch them. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, they have been known to bite people because just because they're friendly doesn't mean they want you playing with them or trying to pick them up. They will bite you, and you shouldn't play with them. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you can get heavy fines for trying to... Uh, poke around. They, yeah, they the are wild animals. They are wild animals. Uh, you should never feed them human food. That can kill them because it can dehydrate them and cause uh, fatal kidney problems mm -hmm. if it, you know, like, if the salt content is different from their diet, like, right. yeah, they can die. Yeah, you never feed a wild animal. Yeah, and like, any, any human food can have aspects of it that could kill them, so don't do it. Just don't do it. But they are perfectly happy to walk up to you and take a selfie with you, and that's perfectly fine. That's amazing. So uh, if you're polite and you give them some personal space and you don't ruin their diet, like, they will take a selfie with like, you. Like an actual Instagram influencer. Exactly. That's how you treat them. <laughs> you can't – Instagram influencers will not eat your garbage food. They will only eat plants. They will, <laughs> uh, they will take a selfie with you, but and they, they will, will not let you touch them. They will bite you. They will bite you. Yes. That is true. Uh, so – I also want to talk about another winner of the cutest animal awards, which is Dick Dicks. Dick Dicks. Dick Dicks. I don't know Dick, this one. Dick Dick Pick Picks. 
Send me those dick dick pic pics. You want to see a dick dick pic pic? Oh my God, what? That looks like a Pokemon. <laughs> it is a Pokemon. No, it's not. <laughs> dick dicks live in the southern and eastern African bushlands. It's one of the smallest ungulates, and an ungulate is a hooved animal. Yeah. Uh, and it is a species of antelope that only grow up to be about a foot tall, 20 inches <laughs> long, and about 10 pounds as adults. Buddies. <laughs> They're named dick dicks because of the alarm calls they make, which kind of sounds like a squeaky toy. I'm going to play a little <laughs> clip of this for you. Oh, they're so freaking cute. Sounds like a little bird. I know, it sounds like a squeaky toy that like is kind of losing its squeak a little bit. Like an old squeaker. They're so pretty too. You know, I had a toy train when I was a kid that had a little squeaker toy and you'd wind it up and it would like, like do a little chugga chugga thing and it had that exact sound where it was like... Just like a steam engine, a tiny, tiny steam oh, engine. That's so cute. So they have an elongated snoot that helps them from overheating. It's actually called a snout, but I call it a it's snoot. It's a snoot. Uh, the snoot works like a bellows that cools blood that enters the snout area. Uh, another cool fact, uh, females are a bit bigger than males. Nice. Uh, nice. Sick, cool. sick burn feminism. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Lean in, ladies. Uh, <laughs> males have tiny horns. <laughs> That's not an insult. They do literally have tiny horns and little tufted mohawks. Oh, <laughs> little tufts right yeah, over the yeah, horns. They gotta be tough somehow. Little punk, little punk dick dicks going. Yeah. Yo, fuck the police. Fuck the man. <laughs> uh, they also create little roadways that they use when they feel threatened. Uh, so a lot of th- this is true of other uh, prey animals too, like small rodents where they will actually create pathways uh, in the grass and in the bush that they know they can use that is a clear path away from predators. Uh, so they'll run along these little roadways that they've memorized uh, to evade getting eaten because they're so cute and eatable. Yeah, and they know. <laughs> and they know that. They know they're like, they they're going to be after me yep. for my cuteness and my meat. <laughs> they're monogamous and oh. they're, okay, this is extremely cute. Uh, males don't really fight from females that often, but when they do, they charge at each other, they stop short, and they rigorously waggle their heads menacingly. Uh, And then they run back and do it again until one of them eventually chickens out. Oh my God, what little scaredy cat. They just, they never actually, they don't really have that many physical altercations. It's like, oh, I'm going to get you. Oh, I'm going to get you. It's a lot of fronting. No, 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 just kidding, just kidding. Oh, I'm going to get you. That's like, yeah, how my dog plays. She's like, I'm not that tough. <laughs> yeah, my dog, uh, she, when I visit my parents' house, she likes to chase bunnies. But when she corners a bunny, she runs back towards the house and then makes a big loop and then tries to, like, chase the bunny again. So, yeah. like, gives the bunny a head start because she yeah. has no idea what to do. Yeah. Like, once she actually corners a bunny, she's like, I uh, honestly, I never prepared to get this far, <laughs> I so uh, I didn't plan for this. I'm just going to loop back around. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll do this again. <laughs> we'll try again. Uh, so I'm, I don't want to give mammals, like, all of the credit for being yeah. cute. So we're going to go... Under the sea, and look at the Dumbo octopus. Oh, have you heard of these? I have heard of these. Uh, so here's a here's a quick image refresher uh, for yeah. you. <laughs> Aren't these guys like super super deadly? No, you're Wait. thinking of the. I think you're thinking of the blue ringed octopus. Yes, the one that lives. Those in the are super super yeah, yeah. De- deadly off the coast of Australia. Yeah, yes. Yeah. These guys um, are cute. Though. These guys are just cute. They look like if you they look like if you squeeze them they would squeeze. Yeah, they look, they do kind of look like one of those squeezy toys. Yeah. Uh so they're actually a species of umbrella octopus uh known for the webbing between their tentacles that make them look like an umbrella. Uh that's the name. They're called Dumbo because of their big ears, which are not ears, they're just fins that extend from the mantle of the octopus. Uh, and they move around by flapping their little, oh. their little fence. So it looks, you know, how like Dumbo flies around using With them the, big yeah. ears. Uh, that's that's how they do it. They each have a feather that they <laughs> chase. They're cute. They're little they guys. They are cute. And they steer with their tentacles. They're, they're, they're just like boo, 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 boo with their glide. big ears. And then they steer with their tentacles. Yes. Oh. Uh, they're a very rare octopus. Uh, they live at depths of around 10,000 feet. Um, they're found worldwide. Uh, most are only about nine inches long. 
Um, they can change their skin color using uh, chromatophore cells, uh, just like other octopuses yeah. and other squids. Uh, and they are just the cutest thing. They're so tiny. They are so tiny and cute. They look like they have big ol' eyes. They look like little squishies. Yeah. Um, so now I want to change your opinion. You're, are you the person who doesn't like moths? Or am I, I mean, thinking of someone else? That might be someone else. Okay. Not a fan. Not a big fan of moths. But I want to change anyone who dislikes moths. I, I got I got something to change your mind. Uh, so this is something that has been going around on the internet. And I want to do a little bit of myth busting too. So uh, if you've ever heard of the Venezuelan poodle moth, you may be wondering <laughs> if this is a real animal. Uh, so there's images of this fluffy white moth who looks like a Pokemon, essentially. Oh, my God. Um, it looks like it has real human eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it has big black eyes, uh, and it's furry and white, and it, it looks extremely fluffy with tufted legs. Uh, yeah, I would I would cuddle it. I, yeah, I would, too. Uh, I mean, can you imagine one of those, like, landing on your hand, and you just, like, pet it? Yeah. Give it, like, a little like a little teeny tiny and cupcake. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a bug <laughs> fan, but that is cute. Right. It is a cute bug. Um, and, uh, it's sometimes called a hoax, sometimes not. Uh, well, it's not quite a hoax, uh, but there are a lot of myths about this little guy. So first of all, there's an image that goes around online that is called the Venezuelan poodle moth, and it is not a real moth. It's actually a felted sculpture, uh, made out of wool. So, uh, that's not real, but it does look pretty similar to the real poodle, or it's not really a poodle moth, um, there's not a known species of P- Venezuelan poodle moth that gets this name because uh, there's a photograph of one of these fuzzy moths taken in Venezuela, and it looks like a poodle. <laughs> uh, yeah. But this photo is most likely of uh, existing species of moth, so uh, belonging to the Artes genus. Um, one candidate for what this moth could be is the Artes uh, cribraria, Moth who looks a lot like the photo- photographed poodle moth. No. The photographed poodle moth. <laughs> I like that is a cute guy. It's like wearing little like Morpheus sunglasses. Yeah. Like little little sunglasses and little leg warmers. It's actually super eighties, isn't it? It is. It the is big a very furry or or seventies, I guess. Like yeah. with the big furry leg warmers. Yeah, it's like the Elton John moth. <laughs> um and it also often gets confused with another species of moth. Um, oh. And it's actually an existing species called the Bombyx mori, which is a silkworm moth. And it's actually a domesticated animal. That's um, what a weird thing to domesticate. <laughs> so it hails from China. Uh, it's like the sheep of moths. Uh, it's used in the production of silk. So uh, the larvae okay. <laughs> eat mulberry leaves and produce silken strands. Uh, its wild ancestor, the Bombyx mandarina, uh, it's found in northern India, northern China, Japan, Korea, and Russia, but it actually doesn't look very similar to the domesticated Bombyx mori moth. Uh, the wild species is not pure white. It has pigment, um, and so the domesticated ones are very fluffy and cute looking. Um, so they've lost, also lost their ability to fly uh, because they don't need to because uh, uh, on these moth farms they just get fed. <laughs> yeah, they don't need to. They just are like, I'm living the life here. Exactly. I don't and need they, to go anywhere. Yeah, and so they, they are very cute. They look like fluffy poodles. Um, I like the idea that we ran out of stuff to call animals, <laughs> so we just call it other animal names. <laughs> exactly. I mean, poodles, sheeps. Right, I mean, close enough. Right, exactly. Or you could say that sheep are the Bombix Mori moths of ungulates. Of, no, no, let's not do that. No, let's no, not no, go they're, that. That they're sheep work. moths. They are sheep moths. So uh, another cool thing is there are these little fluffy moths on the moon. No freaking way. Chinese researchers and the Lunar Exploration Program have put these uh, silkworm moths on the moon. Cool. They want to see if they can survive in a mini ecosystem of plants. So it's an enclosed microcosm, like kind of like in The Martian with Matt right. Damon, but yeah, they instead have a of little... Matt Damon... Cute little moths. Cute little, they're making their own <laughs> yeah. poop uh, potatoes. <laughs> poop potatoes. Well, exactly. So their poop is used to fertilize the plants, and the moths feed on the plants. So they want to see if the plants can photosynthesize and if they can basically create this little little tiny world of moon lunar moths. Moth astronauts. Moth astronauts. 
Uh, I, 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 I really hope that, like, maybe if we destroy ourselves with nuclear weapons, I hope not. I, yeah, I hope not. Yeah, I, I would prefer not that. Fingers crossed. But if it does happen, like maybe they'll continue to survive somehow and like create this whole colony of moon moths and then like it it's a new civilization right they will tell our story <laughs> they will survive us so i want to end the show with a news story that actually bridget you brought to my attention yes so it's in our new segment i want to call birds bouncing balls yeah <laughs> so there's a viral video of a bird bouncing a golf ball on a golf course and looking extremely excited. It's stoked about um, it. It's, I'll post a link to that video in the show notes. Uh, and, and it is a Brazilian bird called the Siriema, I think. Maybe. I could. I don't know. You're the one with it's the a, degree in this. It's a tall, tall, but I don't have a degree in this. In bird? I have a degree in psychology, but I studied evolutionary biology. That's what I meant. Right, yes. right, right. Um, yeah, uh, but I don't have a degree in uh, ornithology, which is uh, well, the, what the, this would be. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you have a Twitter account that's close <laughs> that enough. That is true. That is that, true. That's close a, enough to I, a degree. I am pro bird rights on Twitter, which makes me the biggest For, expert on yes, birds. The foremost expert which, on birds. Which, again, best animal, most empathetic people love birds. I really wouldn't guess that. Birds is best. <laughs> I mean, part of it could be just like you have to be super empathetic yes, to be able yeah. to look into the eyes of a bird and see a and, soul there. Yeah, <laughs> connect to it, yeah. <laughs> so these birds, they're, um, they kind of look like more delicate uh, ostriches. Um, yep. They're smaller than an ostrich. Uh, their legs are thinner. Yeah. Um, and they uh, are carnivores, uh, so they will eat eggs. So the reason it's bouncing this golf ball and looking extremely agitated is that it thinks it's an egg and it keeps trying to crack it open, but it doesn't happen. So it's like, what? What? It's blowing its little bird mind. It's an indestructible egg. I looked at this video and just thought it was super stoked that it could bounce a ball. Maybe. I, I mean, uh, I, I can't read its mind. But, but uh, no, your story makes more sense that it was trying to kill it. I mean, it's it's just an egg. Uh, yeah, it's just I trying mean, to scramble an egg. Yeah, it was just trying to... Let's not be dramatic about this. It was, yeah, egg murder. Egg murder. It was Yeah, <laughs> it was just trying to make some eggs. But, trying uh, to make some eggs. I mean, it could be... I mean, I know that in babies, when they try something uh, in physics and it turns out unexpectedly because they have yeah. this kind of innate understanding of some physics like they know a big ball if it smacks a small ball the small ball will right. go flying but if a small ball smacks into a big ball the big ball will either remain motionless or not really move that right. much at all but if they see the opposite like a like a small ball smacking a big ball and it goes flying their eyes get wide and they get really excited because yeah. they're like it's, bl- it's right, dark it, magic yeah. so maybe the bird is like expecting the egg to crack and it doesn't yeah and it's, its mind is just blown, and it's really excited. Because it's either, I mean, either way, it still works, because it's either that, or it's having, like, an Elmer Fudd reaction, <laughs> and getting, like, very upset. <laughs> so, you know what? It works either way for me. <laughs> its little face just getting so red, as it's like, yeah. oh, oh, damn rabbit. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it works either way. The video's still great. Well, Bridget, thank you so much for joining us today on our... Uh, do you, do you want to declare a winner in the cute-off of animals? Oh, man. Um, that is hard. Uh, I... If you choose wrong, everyone will attack you. Everyone will attack me. Yeah. yeah. I. It's hard to choose in a cute-off. I did really like the dick-dick. The dick-dick. The dick-dick pick-pick. The dick-dick pick-pick. Oh, it you, might be a yeah. name thing, but it right. is very cute. Don't send me dick pics, but send me dick-dick pick-picks. But I almost <laughs> don't want to say that into a microphone. <laughs> All right. Well, you got anything to plug, Bridget? Uh, yeah, I got a couple things. Uh, if you go to Small Beans, you can find two of my podcasts, one of which is called Rough Stuff, where we have comedians on and they tell embarrassing stories about their childhood. I was on there. I talked yeah. about eating snails when I was a kid. Yeah, and that freaked me out quite a bit. Um... <laughs> And then there's another one uh, called What Dinosaur Real Good, where my co-hosts and I each take a dinosaur every week and talk about that dinosaur. Nice. That's and we were awesome. Ra- yeah. So have you talked about pterosaurs yet? We have we had some. Nice. Uh, we've talked about some. 
Uh, but yeah, tons of dinosaurs. Well, if you like if you like this podcast, I bet you're gonna like those podcasts. Yeah. Uh, and where can people find you on on the internet? On the internet, you can just find send me. your their dick dick pic pics. Just <laughs> send me specifically dick dick pic pics. D i k d i k p i k p i k. Thank you, Katie. You can uh, find me on Twitter at Bridget Tweets and on Instagram at Bridget underscore Greenberg. You can find us on the website uh, creaturefeaturepod.com. Uh, on Instagram, Creature Feature Pod, on Twitter at Creature Feet Pod, F E A T. Uh, and you can find me at Katie Golden and at Pro Bird Rights, where I will make sure that birds have the right to attack golf courses. You know, someone has to. Someone has to. It's for the Speak environment. Speak truth to golf courses. Yeah, we don't need them. <laughs> And thanks to the Space Cossacks for their awesome song, Exolumina. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.